Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Proverbs chapter 2. Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can pull them out. Proverbs chapter 2. Today we're continuing part 2 of the message, Think About What You Think About. And it's in this particular message uh, series that we're we're looking at the foundation or, or, uh, or the pillars, if you would, of of the importance of our mind and our thoughts. And it's really here that, uh, that we're, that we're looking at some basic principles or tenets and, and, and some, it's information. It's information for you. Uh, but it's here in Proverbs chapter two that we have these words beginning with verse one. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for uh, it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So it's in this particular uh, Proverbs that we are reminded that God wants us to have an understanding. And so it's as we look at these different tenets and these pillars, uh, pillars, if you would, of, of the mind that, that we're gaining understanding. And so it is some information, but it's information that is intended to help guide me and you into the, the feet of Jesus to be able to experience the purpose for which he has for each of our lives. It was in 1965 that Donald Barnhouse, uh, wrote a book, uh, about the mind called The Invisible War. And it was in that book that he talks about the battle for our minds. Uh, and it's a battle that he talks about and describes as vicious, intense, unrelenting, uh, unfair, because Satan never plays fair. And the reason why it's so intense uh, is because our minds are our greatest asset. Last week we talked about just how amazing in God's creation uh, the design of our minds are. And, and his purpose for our minds and, and, uh, how we can embrace what it is that he would have us to embrace. Now, the truth is, is that it is an important thing to think about what we think about, even more so today, uh, or at least as much because of all the things that are coming at us, uh, all the things that distract us, that God's calling us to think about what we think about. I have seen, uh, and as many of you have, the face of mental illness. I've seen what it's like uh, when people who are unable to hear God because their minds are broken. Uh, many of us have even tasted that ourselves. You know, because of just the dysfunction of our minds and broken minds, of not being able to, to feel God's presence or con- feel as though we can connect with God. And, and for so many, they cannot connect with God even when they want to. Uh, and, and, and it is, it is a, a, a 
terrible, terrible thing. God has given us our minds as a tremendous asset to be able to know and understand and to experience His presence in our life. Our mind is a beautiful thing. We also have heard, you've heard around here, if you've been uh, around here very long, what gets your attention gets you. Uh, and so it's here that we see that one of the most important things that we really need to learn and, and help others with is how to guard and strengthen and renew our minds because the battle for our souls, the battle for our lives, the battle for sin always starts where? It's in our minds. It starts here. The truth of the matter is, is we, keep, we all know this. We're, uh, um, if we've lived any time at all, we know that we can't believe everything that we think. The Bible has dozens of phrases uh, to describe the condition of the minds from different experiences that people have had. Uh, the, here's some of the descriptions. Deuteronomy talks about the confused mind. Uh, Job, the anxious and closed mind. Ecclesiastes, the evil and restless mind. Uh, Leviticus and Isaiah, the rash, deluded mind. The Bible talks about a troubled mind, a depraved mind, a sinful mind, a dull mind, blinded mind, corrupt mind. So what's going on between our ears is essential and important. Now again, as we get this information, what we're going to do is transfer it over as the as in Proverbs to saying, God, give me understanding so that I can now experience you. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. That we come to experience that for which God has created us. And so... We're going to take a look at, at the, we're going to do a quick review of some of the things that we looked at last week for those of you that weren't here. So they're on your notes, on your outline, and also here. So let's, let's review what we talked about as far as thinking about what you're thinking about. Here's a pillar. Uh, my thoughts control my life, but I control my thoughts. And this comes with a little caveat here. My thoughts control my life. Matter of fact, it's in, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, be careful what you think about because your thoughts run your life. We need to be careful what we think about. So, and you know, we're thinking even when we don't think we're thinking. You say, man, I just want to come and veg out and get in front of the TV. Be careful what you think about because your thoughts run your life. My thoughts control my life, but I control my thoughts. Now, this caveat we'll talk more about in a minute. Number two, I change my start in my mind. So it starts right here. It doesn't start in my behavior. It, it doesn't even start... In my actions, you've heard me say it's easier to act yourself into a new way of feeling than to feel yourself into a new way of acting, right? You've heard that. But the acting yourself into a new way of feeling starts right here in the mind. It starts with thinking right thoughts, thinking what it is that God would have us think. Number three, we talked about how I change how I feel by changing how I think. So it starts here. Number four, every behavior is based on a belief. Every behavior is based on a belief. If I'm doing something, it's because I believe something. If I'm not doing something, it's based on what I really believe. So we can see that. You know, you've heard people say, I can't hear what you're saying uh, uh, because your actions are too loud. You know, it, it's every behavior is based on a belief. So what we're doing or not doing. All right, so we're caught up. Now, here we go. Number five. Anytime I sin at that moment, I am believing a lie. Anytime I sin, anytime I go rogue, anytime I go off the reservation, anytime I miss what it is that God wants me to experience, you know, I am believing a lie. Our minds are broken by sin, which means that we can't trust even what we think ourselves. 
Jeremiah 17, 9 puts it this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. You ever done that? You ever lied to yourself? Yeah. Uh, we all do. We do it all the time. We tell ourselves that things aren't as bad as they really are. We tell ourselves that things are better than they really are. We tell ourselves that we're doing okay when we're not doing okay. We're telling ourselves that it's no big deal when in fact it is a big deal. The Bible is very emphatic telling us that you and I cannot be trusted to tell ourselves the truth. That's why it's so amazing as we hear in the world today, just trust you what's in your heart. You know, just, you know, just trust what's in your heart. The Bible says, don't do that. I want you to trust me. And any time that I sin, any time I miss what God wants in my life, I am believing a lie. That's the reason we need to question our thoughts and why we need to help others uh, not to believe everything that they think is good or what is being fed into their minds from outside that's okay. Just because we get, get a thought doesn't mean it's correct. The reason is the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. He cannot tell the truth. And if he can get you and me to believe a lie, he can get us to sin. And anytime we're sin, we're saying, you know, God, I think I might know better. You know, and we begin to think outside of what God wants us to experience. This next verse on your outline, there are many ways that we think are right, but they lead to death. There are many ways we think are right, but they lead to death. We need to think about what we think about and ask God to help us do that. Have you ever gone down a dead end road? Anybody ever do that? Dead end road? You know, go, oh, foot. Yeah, we've all done that. Uh, we, we, We've ever had, we've had things to happen in our life that, that we thought that were going to work, but they didn't work. There are times that we think things are right when, and or think things are good and think things will make us happy, uh, but then they don't. Uh, we think they will bring fulfillment, but they don't. Uh, I know that one of the things that uh, I think I may have shared this with you before, but, um, one of the things that frustrates my wife the most, and, and today, y'all pray for me that I think about what I think about, and that I don't frustrate my wife, especially on Mother's Day. But one of the things that frustrates her is, you know, uh, whenever we're in the car together and we go somewhere and uh, places that we're not real sure how to get, and sometimes even, you know, we've been before, you know, we'll put it in Waze. Anybody, how many of y'all use Waze? How many use Google Maps? How many just don't worry about either of them? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so... One of the things that frustrates her is when, you know, when I go rogue on that, we'll put in ways and, uh, and then it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're not following what Waze says. Well, because I know a shortcut, you know, you know, Waze is not, you know, all knowing, you know, uh, and, and this is better. And so it just frustrates her. I'm going, but just, you know, trust me on this. And you know what? There's been times that it's worked out and been times it's been an absolute dead end and disaster. You know, and, and here's the deal. Here's the, here's the deal. The, God wants us to think about what we're thinking about. Because the truth of the matter is, is whenever we just try to go, you know, with our shortcuts or think we know, you know, stuff that we've done many, many times before, you know, God's going... You know, it was all right for to do for you to do it the first hundred times that way, but now it's 101 times. We get in the habit of relying on self. God never wants us to do that. 
He wants us to rely on Him and the leadership of His Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, He is our ways. And He's saying, you know, we're just saying, God, I'm going to follow You even though I think I may need a, know, know a shortcut. Even though I may not want to go that way, I want to go a more scenic route. He's got a reason for locking us in to the direction He's given us in our life. So you know what I'm talking about. You, have you ever seen anybody that's, that keeps on doing a self-defeating behavior even though it's destroying their life? You've seen that? You know, why? It's because they're believing a lie. They're believing a lie about their addiction. They're believing a lie about their habit. They're believing a lie about their lifestyle. Every sin is always based on a lie. And that's why Jesus said, you know, the truth is what sets you free. One of the common lies that we often believe is that whenever we're tempted, it's, you know, because something out there. How many times have you, you know, you, you go, well, but they made me do that. Or if she hadn't have done that or he hadn't have done that. You know, and, we, and we, we're, we're saying, well, if this circumstance or this outside influence hadn't have been there, then I wouldn't have done that. Right? Well, that's not what the Scripture says. It says here, uh, we need to think about what we think about. It says temptation comes from the lure of our own inner desires. These evil desires lead to evil actions and the actions lead to death. These are just little subtle things that happen. You know, it's like magnet, two ends of a magnet. If you didn't have something on the inside, there would be no attraction. And he's saying it starts here. It's here. It's this fallen flesh that's within our life. And so we need to think about what we think about and realize that every time that we sin, it's because we are believing a lie. And God's calling us into a, a different way of thinking. You know, uh, I grew up on the farm. I used to uh, have my, I didn't do much hunting in the early days, but I did a, a good bit of fishing, enjoyed fishing. We had a catfish pond, and we'd have channel cat. And, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, channel cat. Some people go, oh, them are bottom dwellers. I'm telling, I don't care what, I don't know where they are, but they're good. You know, I'm just telling you this. You know, I, top, bottom, middle, I don't care because they are good. You know, you, you fry them up just right and put enough grease and hush puppies and french fries with it. You know, you got, you're in good shape. But, you know, here's the deal. You know, uh, we'd go uh, catfish, you know, and, and they'll eat a, a lot of things, but there was a favorite bait called stinky bait that we used to use. Anybody ever use that stinky bait? Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I wish that it had those little plastic gloves, you know, like, you know, that we have now. Because once you get your hands in that, some of that stinky bait, oh my gosh. But I'm going to tell you, it would. You could catch those catfish. You know, you could catch those catfish. Now, if you put a, you know, some type of artificial lure or artificial worm or something like that, you're not going to catch no catfish. Now, y'all know where I'm going on this thing. The deal is, is that Satan knows your favorite kind of bait. And, and here's the other thing. Satan's not crazy. He's not just going to throw a hook out there without some good bait on it. You know, no fisherman does that. He knows the bait. What baits you may not bait me. You know, what baits me may not bait you. But Satan is a master at, at bait. He knows exactly he is, you know, not only is Jesus uh, a fisher of men, but so is Satan. And he is, he is out there fishing to destroy and to distract and to lead us away from what it is that God wants to accomplish in our life. So here's the deal. Every time we sin, we're believing a lie. And Satan is using bait. He knows exactly. He's spent from 
beginning of time, but being a master at that. And we need to understand, we need to think about that. We need to think that there's an adversary. We need to, to know the war is not fair, that it is intense, that he is out there and he's wanting to destroy, seek to kill and destroy. So we need to think that. Think about that. All right. Number six. An unseen war is going on in and for my mind. Uh, you go, so I know a lot of this stuff, but he's saying, think about it. Think about it. Because ultimately, what it is that God's wanting to accomplish in my life and your life is for us to experience Him, for there to be heaven on earth in our lives, to know Him, to be full, fulfilled, and to experience the abundant life. But Satan's job is, and his role and his desire is to distract us from all of that. So, uh, an unseen war is going on in and for my mind. Last week I mentioned, you know, sometimes we get lured in, you know, we've got it so well and so good out here, you know, we, we look at Christianity as a cruise ship when, when it's really, in fact, a battleship. You know, we're on a battleship. Boy, there's some beautiful scenery and beautiful oceans and all that kind of stuff, but we need to understand that. Uh, we don't just need to get up every day and put our flip-flops on and, you know, swimming trunks and just go, man, it is, it is, it is it's amazing and it's wonderful, but it is a battle. We need to think about that. Uh, a radical illustration. Let me just give you this. Just help us think about this. Unseen war going on in and for our mind. Doesn't matter how long you've known, you know, the Lord, or if you don't know the Lord, this is what's going on right here. Uh, it's a true story. National Geographic. Any National Geographic readers out there? You know. All right. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was a lady that had a. She had bought this boa constrictor, and, uh, and she had this as a pet. And uh, but she had taken her uh, boa constrictor to the vet because she was afraid that it was really sick because it had stopped eating for a long period of time. And she thought, you know, said he's sick. And uh, so she took it to the vet and the vet was examining it and, and started to uh, ask some questions and and said, hey, um, where does the snake sleep? And she go, well, you know, in the tank. Well, where's the tank? Well, the tank's in my bedroom. Okay, do you ever take the snake out of the tank? She goes, oh, yeah, I take the snake out of the tank. And, you know, it's just so fun. Uh, it's fun to cuddle with Betty Boa. And, uh, you know, I just love Betty Boa. And, and, and we, we enjoy. Okay, uh, matter of fact, and sometimes I sleep with Betty because she loves, she loves to cuddle. She loves to cuddle. And, uh, and he goes, oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, you sleep your snake. Okay, this may sound like a weird question, but have you ever woken up and Betty Boa is stretched out beside you? And she goes, yeah, just the other night. You know, Betty was stretched out. I thought she was cuddling with me. And, and the vet says, uh, well, there's something you need to know. One thing about boas, one thing is they starve themselves when they find a prey that's bigger than them and they want to eat it. N Number two is uh, what you need to know is that they stretch their body so they can handle the meals that are bigger than them. So the good news is your bow is not sick, but the bad news is your bow wants you for dinner. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're laughing and going, that's stupid. Who's going to sleep with a snake? We all do. We all do. Think about it. It's like, you know, God, I know you say this and want me to do it, but, you know, I mean, this ain't going to hurt anybody. I mean, this, 
you know, I've got some margin here and all that. And every, every time, even in the most innocent way, we find ourselves deliberately sleeping with the snake. And, and God's saying, wait, wait, I want you to understand. He's wanting to destroy. He's wanting to destroy you. He, he's wanting to destroy your relationships. He's wanting to destroy your marriage. He's wanting to destroy your influence. He's wanting to destroy your witness. He's wanting to rob you of what all the good things that God has for you. He is slick. He is slick. We're sleeping in a snake. Sometimes you know we think we're just watching TV uh, commercials when in fact He is just sending these missiles of sub- seduction. You know, we think that we're just looking at Facebook or or Instagram and he's actually throwing grenades of envy and jealousy and comparison and all of this stuff. We need to think about what we're thinking about because, you see, the truth is there's this unseen war that's going to continue going. I don't I don't like that. Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're, We're going to get to some really good parts. But this is what this is what Paul says in Second Corinthians, you know, and, and he was just concerned about those those believers. He said, "But I'm afraid that even as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning." And you think about how pure Eve was. But just as he deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of pure devotion to Christ. And you're going, "Well, you know, hey, I'm doing good enough. I just want my ticket to heaven." Uh, you're believing a lie. That's just missing out on what God's wanting to, to do in and through your life, how He's wanting to reveal Himself to you. Number seven. Here's another pillar. To win the battle. There we go. All right, it's on your outline. To win the battle, I must have God's Spirit and God's Word inside of me. You go, I know that. Do we? I, to win this battle, I must have God's Spirit and God's Word inside of me. Um, I'm never going to win this war on my own. You're not going to win the war on your own. The enemy is too powerful. And the truth of the matter is we actually have three enemies, right? You know, we have the world, we have the flesh, we have the devil. We have the world around us. We have culture that don't want, don't want to go good. It wants to pull you down. The world, our flesh, you know, and this is our earth suit. And, and, and uh, before we came to know Christ, I mean, it's just our will, our way. Um, and there will be this temptation, this tendency that we have. Uh, and then we have Satan. Uh, those three are called the unholy trinity. That we, the holy trinity, the Father, Son, but these are the unholy trinity. And, and there's going to be this battle that's going on for our mind, and we must have God's Spirit, and we must have His Word in us perpetuating. Look at this. Now, this is... From the ERV, it says, while we live in this world in 2 Corinthians, while we live in the world, we don't fight the same way the world does. So the world fights through power, through politics. He's saying, while we are living in this world, we don't fight that way. God's saying, as followers of His, He's able to accomplish something in the spiritual realm. He said, we fight with God's weapons, not worldly ones. Our weapons have God's power to demolish the enemy's strong places. We can knock down all the worldly arguments and prideful defenses that set themselves up where? Where? In our minds. Against the knowledge of God, in this war we capture every rebel thought and we make it give up and obey Christ. That's a great, that's a great verse, isn't it? Isn't that a great verse? 
And here's where Paul is coming to, to encourage us and, and saying that our weapons have God's power to, in, to demolish Satan's strong places. And what he's talking about there is mental strongholds within each of our lives, those places that just won't let go. Those places of hurt, of pain, of habit in your mind. And he says the devil has these strongholds in your mind. And he says we have these weapons now uh, of God's power to demolish the enemy places. And in this war we capture every rebel thought and we make it give up and obey Christ. Now that's a very powerful passage. First it says the enemy's strong places and what he's talking about there is just this mental block. This mental stronghold. I can't see that. And there's some, there's some times you're going, I just I don't see. I see how some people love the Lord and I'm going, I'm, I'm not loving Him like that. Think about what you're thinking about and ask Him. God's Spirit, through God's Word, to bust through that mental block. To bust through that stronghold that's in your life. It's a false thing that we believe about ourselves that we can't experience that for which God says. He says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. There are a lot of things that we believe that aren't true and, and they're mental blocks in our mind. It can be worldview. It can be materialism, hedonism, secularism, a personal attitude. It can be worry, envy, resentment, pride, self-pity, whatever it may be. But those things that are built up in my mind and it says, and when it does, it says we have these rebel thoughts but we capture every rebel thought. Circle that. You might want to circle that on there. We capture every rebel thought and make it give up. The picture is we take that as prisoners. And through God's Word and God's power, we have that ability to take those things as prisoners of war. And, and it's when we come to allow God to accomplish what it is that He's wanting to accomplish in our life. How in the world, when we've struggled, because you and I have both been there, you know, we've had, we've had a tough time many times making our mind mine. Right? Have you, have you ever had a hard time making your mind mine? You know, uh, when, when your mind has a mind of its own sometimes, you know, you, 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 you want to pray and, and your thoughts go astray. <laughs> you know, you want to pray and... And, and they just kind of wonder. You want to ponder God's Word and, and your thoughts begin to wonder. How do we capture them? How do we capture them? It goes back to exactly what it says, through the Spirit of God and through God's Word inside me. That's the reason it's so important. If we don't have God's Word in us, if we're not reading God's Word, if we're not studying God's Word, if we're not hanging out with others and allowing God to, to bring His living, active Word, and you go, well, it's just, it's just words. And you're going, what? I'm believing the lie when I say that. Wow, these are living and active. These are powerful. These are transforming words. But when I have God's Spirit and God's Word within me, then we're able to take these thoughts captive. You and I can't control our mind if we wanted to, but God can through His Holy Spirit and through His Word. Look at this next verse there, here from uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, The mind governed by the flesh is what? Death. When we think that we can think and, and make those judgments, no, no, He says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit 
is life and peace. So I said, don't trust yourself. Trust God to allow you to bring truth. You go, well, how do I do that? Get in God's Word. Ask His Holy Spirit. Get around people who have devoted and dedicated their life, not to church entity, but to knowing and experiencing God. And, and to following Him as their Lord and Savior. Without God's Spirit of love inside you, we're powerless to do this. But with it, we can that's the reason Jesus says in this next verse, if you learn and obey my word, you will be my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Pillar number eight. By the way, there's only nine, but uh, we're going to hold number nine for next Sunday. We're going to spend all next Sunday on number nine, but pillar number eight is my goal is to learn to think like Jesus. Here's my goal as we're thinking about this, as we're getting our minds, is not to be an independent thinker. You know, we value independent thinkers. You know, have a mind of your own. No, but what God has called us to is to be dependent. Dependent on Him. Dependent on His Word. Allowing Him to speak life and truth to us. Two powerful verses here. Philippians 2.5 Have this same attitude in yourselves which was in Christ Jesus. Look to Him as your example. What attitude is He talking about in Philippians 2? It's one that's saying, you matter. I loved you this much that I was willing to empty myself of all of my rights so that you would come to know and experience my Father, the very purpose for which you... So that you would know that you're loved. That you would know that you can have life. That you would know that you have value. And that it's not by what you do, but it's by what I've done for you. This is what demonstrates your worth and your value. That's what he said. He said, it's this same attitude. Man, I don't have that. Oh, that's the reason we need God's Spirit and God's Word. Then 1 Corinthians 2.16 is an encouragement. We have the mind of Christ. Paul's saying, who can, who can understand? Who can find? He said, but we have, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the mind of Christ. You go, man, I, you know, I, I, can, I can never be like this. I can never think be that spiritual. That what is that? What what did we just bought? What did we just? What road did we just go down? We went down lie road, lie road. Yeah, we weren't depending on ways. We just went down lie road, and we just started that stinking thinking process. God says you can. He says you can through me. I can do. Paul says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now you go. I don't know. I don't know if I can really picture this, you know, learning to think like Jesus, think, have this same attitude. Man, I'm too self-absorbed, self-dependent, self-this. Okay, we're going down lie road again. You say, well, I don't know that I need it. Well, Jesus has come to serve notice on, for me and you through His death, burial, and resurrection that apart from Him, we can do nothing. We can be nothing. That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that we can know God and enjoy Him forever. And that He created us for a love relationship and He wants us not only to experience that love, but He wants us to share that love. And you're going, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if I can really think like that or have that same kind of... Uh, I can't be like... Don't go down my road. What an appropriate day for us to have a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture of 
what it is not to go down lie road, but to go down love road and to experience that love and to offer that love than Mother's Day. You know, mamas just have a way. You know, us guys, we just, you know, and I'm talking about even imperfect mamas have a way to be able to exemplify and love and demonstrate what love's all about. What Jesus said as He was praying to the Father in John chapter 17, verse 24, He says, Father, He says, God, He's just, this is right before He's, he's going to give His life up. He said, God, I want them to be with me where I am. You know, mamas want their kids. Some of you mamas are, you know, you, you, you have the luxury and, and you're going all giddy. Why? Because you're, you're going to have your, some of your kids or maybe all your kids with you today. Some of your mamas are going to have all your kids with you and you're absolutely terrified. But that's, you know, that's another story. We'll go there. Um, now, but you, you, you know the, a mama's heart. You know, it, it's that longing. Jesus longs for you and me to know that we're loved. You mamas have a way of demonstrating love. You know the love language of your youngins. The ultimate expression of that is Jesus on the cross saying, I love you this much. I love you this much. Believer, I am begging you to think about what you think about. Get it out of neutral. Get it out of neutral. Be intentional. Think about what you think about and allow Him to bring freedom. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Unbeliever, you're still kind of going, I don't know. I mean, I like being religious, but I don't know if I want to be all in with Jesus. Think about what you think about. Listen, the wages of sin is death. There are many ways that we think, but that it leads to death. And you're going, it don't look like death. It don't feel like I'm heading to death. Oh, the bait master, still at it. God is inviting you to experience life and abundantly. God is inviting you and me as the bride of Christ to think about what we think about so that He can illuminate the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Will you do that today? Pray with me. Father, we just come before You and we just thank You for Your amazing love. And today, we're just going to... Lord, help each of us do this. Number one, just to commit to You that we're going to think about what we think about. We're going to surrender this right to You. For some of us, it may be scary. But Lord, don't let fear rob us of the freedom that You want to bring into each of our lives. Lord, there's some here with troubled minds, or some here with sinful minds, or some here with dull minds, or some here with blinded minds, or some here with corrupted minds. God, Lord, we're all here with broken, but by the, Your grace, You can restore them. You can renew our minds. Be glorified today as we just surrender our minds and our lives to You. All for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week. 